You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for another Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show covering all the latest pop and geek culture news. I'm Cody. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. We have a great show for you this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we have a bunch of news, but first let's get into some things we've been checking out. I can go. Um, <laughs> no, um, this is something that we all kind of, I think we've all checked out. Um, we've talked about on the show before that we are huge fans of the McElroy brothers, their whole family of podcasts and web series and everything else that they've done. Yeah. Well, uh, a while back, they were tapped by CISO TV, which is an online streaming service. I think it's through um, NBC. Yeah. Um, to do a short run TV series. And uh, the first episode is out. Uh, actually, by the time you're listening to this, the entire series is out on CISO. But the first episode is free on YouTube. And it's been out there for about eh, about a week or so. Yeah. Uh, so I watched it uh, like a couple times because it's really good. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. Josh, have you seen it yet? Nope. Wow. You should. You should. <laughs> you can talk about it. I don't, I don't, I don't well, really it's not. It's not really a thing you can spoil. No, anyway. no, definitely not. It is. It is the closest thing to uh, an ad- adaptation of their podcast. I think their podcast, for those who don't know, is a comedy advice show where people would ask dumb questions and they would make jokes about it for an hour a week. So the show, the TV show, is it's it's kind of hard to describe the yeah. t- actual TV show. Yeah. Um, in interviews, they keep saying it's not like anything else on TV, and while that sounds like a line, it's it's pretty true. Pretty true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, the first episode, uh, a guy asked uh, the question, "How do I convince my wife to uh, get a pet spider or a pet tarantula?" <laughs> and they do things like set up a, a Facebook page for the humble rancho <laughs> and throw a uh, a tarantula parade in uh, downtown Huntington, West Virginia, their hometown. Against the wishes of the mayor. Of the mayor, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, and uh, Travis hit Justin yeah. really hard. It well, was it was really funny. Why? Actually. Well, they were being they were being like brothers. Yeah. You know, Travis hates I guess hates spiders. Like really hate, they Super. start talking about tarantulas and you can tell he's just immediately he's just, uncomfortable. Yeah, just creeped out. So Justin says, Here, I want you to close your eyes and tell me what why why are you having these problems with these spiders? And you see Justin like go and try to reach up and kind of, you know, tickle the back of his neck like a spider and it cuts and they're all sitting outside. He goes, Oh hey, when that happened, uh Travis hit Justin on the arm really hard. <laughs> Travis goes, yeah, I hit him at like 45% strength, which was a bit much. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I hate spiders too. So, you know, I think I'm in Justin's corner. (laughs) But no, it's the the series is six episodes. Definitely going to be worth checking out, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If if they're anywhere near as good as the first one was. Mm -hmm. I say, I I do enjoy listening to My Brother, My Brother, Me from time to time. Yeah. Oh, what? I listen to it every time there's a new one. Like I keep up with it more than any other podcast that I listen to. Other than Nerd Overload. Oh yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) No, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's definitely worth checking out. Let's see. I went and saw Lego Batman, but we uh, we kind of talked about that last week. A little bit, yeah. Um, I really liked it. It it was about what I expected. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's up there with the original Lego Movie. I think I like the original Lego Movie better, though. Yeah, I think I do too. Yeah. I don't know if we we probably don't want to get spoilery. Go ahead. It's been out. Okay. 
boy, there's a lot of cameos, and like not there just cameos. There, several characters from other properties play large roles in the movie. The entire third act <laughs> yeah. is yes, all the villains from every other Lego set all kind of converge into yeah. I say I have heard about Daleks coming in and just being called no, not Daleks, British robots, British talking robots. <laughs> It's the only it's the only one that they couldn't say the name of when they were going through the roster. They just they had yet to say they, yet they got the sound clip of the exterminate. Kinda, yeah. It does sound a little different, doesn't it? It sounds I a little different. A new rec- yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. But Voldemort plays like a pretty significant role in that third act. So like, does uh, the Eye of Sauron or just yeah, Sauron or whatever. Sauron and, and and King Kong. King Kong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a giant Lego King Kong. That was pretty great. I thought it was kind of funny, um, since we're spoiling and stuff. Um, Ralph Fiennes was the voice of Alfred. He was, you know, Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. <laughs> they had Eddie Izzard voice Voldemort as Lego Voldemort. <laughs> in, yeah. Oh, man, I didn't know Eddie Izzard was in it. Yeah. I love him. It's so funny. That's kind of one of the, the drawbacks with the movie, I think, is that they have all these great uh, voice actors doing, and just actors in general, doing cameo bit parts and they have maybe like a line or yeah. two like how many lines did uh um poison ivy and clayface have maybe two or three each that's garfunkel like, and oats that's yeah. ricky lynn home and and uh um um kate mccucci kate yeah. mccucci yeah and they're great oh yeah they're yeah. hilarious yeah yeah, like Bane was hilarious, but I think he had like three lines. Oh yeah, every line out of Bane was hilarious. Yeah, Bane was really good. <laughs> that was the other downside to having all these other property villains show up. Mm-hmm. The actual Batman villains themselves didn't get as much time as they, they should have. They take a super back seat. They yeah. really do. A yeah. bat seat. Yeah, a bat, a bat seat. Nice. Because I've only got one butt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted more like Catwoman. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they had uh, uh, Conan O'Brien as the Riddler <laughs> for one line. <laughs> I didn't know that was him. That's that was rad. Him. That's one actually line. pretty good. It's super great. I wish they gave him more to do. Yeah. But then at this point, we've got a movie that's like five hours long. Eh, true. I don't true. I don't know how they w- would figure that one out, but yeah, probably a, there's a probably better way than what they did. Mm-hmm. Well, if Peter Jackson would have directed it, it would have been five hours long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Jackson's Lego Batman movie. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> let Peter the Jackson. Fellowship of the Brick. <laughs> let Peter Jackson direct Lego Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, that, that would actually be really funny. Yeah. That would be, that would be kind of great. Uh, but we, we live in a world where one of the best Batman movies ever made is a Lego Batman movie. This was a pretty a strong joke. one. Yeah. yeah, I don't. You know, I don't think it was a joke though. They had a lot of jokes in it, but like the themes of the movie, it wasn't just haha, kitty kid, jokey joke. There was like an actual. Yeah. It was. It was Batman plot progression, yeah. and yeah, Batman learns a lesson by the end about huh. team teamwork and family. Hmm. And I I like the message of the mm. of your friends are are a family. Yeah, it's not a lot of a lot of movies fall into like this. Family's the most important thing in the world. And it's like, that's not cool because some people don't have very good families. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, um, I just I, I just thought it was really enjoyable. I like the inclusion of all the weird bat costumes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was that was a nice callback to like old action figures and stuff. One thing that was a little jarring, it's always weird seeing live action stuff thrown into these Lego movies. Oh, did they do it again? 
yes and no. <laughs> he watches uh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, like yeah, he uh, he comes home from a, a hard day of Batmaning, and he goes to his private theater and watches real live action Jerry Maguire. <laughs> And then they had a uh, they had a it was a really quick flip where Alfred was saying, "I know how you're getting, sir. You felt this way in like this year and this year and this year." And it and it like the camera pans to like all the different like shots of all the different Batman movies going oh. in in descending order from like the most recent back to and it ends with and that one really weird time in 1966 and it cuts to Adam West doing the Batu scene <laughs> and it's all live action. Oh, actually, man. the first couple were the the uh, Batman oh, the, yeah, and Superman the, was true. Lego. That was Lego, which yeah. is weird. I don't that know why they bothered to do probably that. Probably because they couldn't get the rights to uh-huh. Batman v Superman. Zack Snyder said no. Yeah, this is a serious film franchise. Don't put it in your Lego children joke movie. Yeah, <laughs> I I did think it was kind of funny that the that the clip that they used for Batman Forever was uh, the bat nipples. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a, a picture of the chest with the bat nipples. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a that was oh, a nice man. Touch. every time they suit up in those like '90s Batman movies, they did that, every one of them has that. Even the eighty, even the '92 one has it. Um. Anyway, yeah, the Lego Movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was good. The Z-list villains were yeah. good. The, I I love the line. <laughs> These are all real villains. Thanks, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Condiment King. Condiment yeah. King. Uh, Polka Dot uh, Man. Zebra Man. Did they have Kite Man? Kite Man was in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, Killer B. <laughs> Calendar Man. Calendar Man was there. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure. Though lately, Calendar Man's been getting a little more play. Yeah, but not this version of Calendar Man. <laughs> <laughs> the real Calendar Man. Yeah. But no. No, no Zaz. No, well, you know, his <laughs> power is knives. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, his power is he kills people and carves numbers on his skin. Yeah. Doesn't really fit with the yeah. whole. What is his last name? Is that. His name is Zaz. Yeah, Zaz. Mr. Zaz. I always Victor wanna, Zaz. Yeah, yeah, I always want to be like Zaz Razmataz. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which might be a Metalocalypse character. If he were, if he were created in the, in the 60s, his name would have been Victor Zaz, a.k.a. Razmataz. <laughs> I mean, back like when Mr. Freeze was just a dude and called Mr. Zero. Oh, yeah. With that fishbowl on his head. Batman 66 single-handedly brought that character back from the brink because the, um, the character was a one-off in the books Yep, and they brought him onto the show and changed his name from Mr. Zero to Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's why the Batman animated series, um, Mr. Freeze has an accent because Otto Preminger, the actor had an accent, had a, well, had a very thick kind of Germanish mm-hmm. accent, which is also probably why Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, cast as Mr. Freeze. And <sighs> I'm Batman sorry. And I, I, I I like Arnold Schwarzenegger in movies and stuff, especially action movies, but I can't see him as a scientist. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't don't stereotype. I'm not stereotyping. It's just it's him. There's some like, scientists who like to get swole. Come on. <laughs> it's like when Tara Reid played a scientist in the Alone in the Dark movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good old Uwe Boll. Yeah. Lord. I'm glad he's not making movies anymore. As far as you know. As far, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's trying. I'm sure he's trying real hard. For my check out, I, uh, every f- so many months, a group of guys I know and stuff rent a lodge out in Caledonia, and we play board games all day. Get to play a lot of weird board games. Cool. Played one called Captain Sonar. I had never really seen anything about it before, but it's a, f- it's a eight-person uh, co-op communication game. Well, it says it's eight, it's eight people, but it's four on four. 
aren't all games kind of communication games because you have to talk to each other? <laughs> yeah, but this one is it, it hinges on the actual gameplay. Most games do. Okay. I guess I'm I'll giving have... you a hard time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just continue. Anyway, uh, it's basically it's Battleship in real time, if that makes sense. Okay, so each team is a crew of a submarine. There's like a huge like partition in between the uh, the two sides, so you can't see what the other people are doing. And everybody's got these little boards that are dry erasable with these little markers. And each person on the team has a different job. The captain has a little grid with a map on it, and he decides where the submarine is going. And all he can say is north, east, south, and west. Mm-hmm. Outside of giving orders like firing torpedoes and stuff like that. And then you have the radio operator whose job is to listen to the enemy captain to try to guess where they're at. Okay. And then you have an engineer who is in charge of like the systems of the submarine. As you're moving around, they're Xing stuff off. And when you X certain things off, it breaks a chain. And then you can't use certain systems on your sub like sonar or torpedoes or mines or whatever. And then you have the the first mate, which is in charge of all the weapons and stuff. It sounds really weird. It's a lot of fun, actually. I I can... It sounds like it could be fun just hearing it as described. May, maybe, I don't know. I'm, I might be missing something in, in translation, but I'm sure if I sat down and played it, it sounds oh, yeah. like fun. Uh, I had never played it. It's, it was almost like, like flashes of like down periscope. <laughs> It sounds like Battleship meets, like, Space Team. Kind, kind of. of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But, like, every time, like, you, uh, if you have, like, too many systems offline or something, you, like, you have to surface the sub, and then, like, the engineer is passing his board across the team, and you have to trace these stupid lines on the thing, and then you have to hand your board over to the enemy captain, and if he feels you didn't, you weren't within the lines enough or whatever, you have to erase it and do it again, and you can't do anything until you complete this thing. And it has to go through the whole team and back. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but when you surface, uh, you have to tell the enemy team what section of the map you're in. Not exactly your exact position, but what section of the map you are. To give them a better chance of going and getting yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of like, uh, uh, if you use like the sonar, um, they have to give you one true statement and one false statement. And then you got to kind of work with the radio operator to try to figure out where they're at. Boy, this has a bunch of moving parts. Oh, yeah. It, like I said, it only really works in big groups. But that was a lot of fun. Um, I finally played my my copy of Dice City. Okay. Which is a it's a Euro style uh, game where you buy like resources and stuff, and everyone's got their own little board, which is their city, and you basically buy things and fill it up and try to have the most points and completed rows by the end of the game. That was a lot of fun. Didn't I have all the expansions, but we didn't use them because we had never played it before. I'm bad about that too. I'll get expansions and be like, "Well, we haven't finished, really gone through all the original stuff yet, so you know why you use the expansion?" Like, I got the expansion to Betrayal at House on the Hill. Oh yeah, and we have never gotten a haunt from the new set of haunts. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it still keeps hitting, but there's still ones in the original set that we haven't done. So I have never played the game. I've always really wanted to. It's really great. It's a great game. That sounds good. You know what um, else is good is uh. I forget what it's called now that I'm talking about it. But I'm sure it's great. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Forbidden Island. Oh, yeah. That's a really good game. I've, it, heard, I've heard they're good. I also heard it kind of kicks your butt a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's very much, it's everyone playing against the game itself. So there's nobody wins, but everybody can lose. Yeah. In the situation. Yeah. And just the way the, the island floods as you play and you lose spaces you can move on. 
and you have to make sure that the spaces you need to go to aren't the ones that get flooded. And the the, me- the mechanics are really great. It's a fun game. Yeah, there's a, like another one that's a part of that too, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Forbidden Desert, I think. Yeah, yeah. I saw the new Arkham Horror game, <laughs> which I guess like they kind of lost the rights or something, so they don't really put out the Arkham Horror like huh. board game anymore. Now it's more kind of a card game you do, I guess. Huh. I don't know. I kind of like... There were always a lot of cards in that game. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of everything in that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, every Cthulhu-based game has a lot. Like, I've got the Cthulhu-based Pandemic. It's enough to drive you insane. Oh! Uh, we need to play Arkham Horror again. We do. Yeah. We, we've played it a couple times, and it's just such a table-filling, like, oh, yeah. ridiculous it's time. It's huge and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have a game that I really want to try. I really... I really want to play because it looks really good. It's called Mice and Mystics. Oh, I saw a copy of that at Half Price Books for 30 bucks, and I didn't get it, and I wish I would have. Yeah, that's less than I paid for it. Um, <laughs> With the expansion. There's an expansion? There is an expansion. I didn't even know that. But it's basically, that one's like basically like uh, kind of like the, the, the Dungeons and Dragons adventure board games where it's you have tiles and maps, and you play these little figures against against the game itself basically I'm trying to think of something uh i like clue <laughs> i've never actually played clue you should play clue i, I how, how can you play a, a million board games and not play like clue or like how about Candyland? how do you feel I've, about candy land candy land it's a terrible game <laughs> it really is the mechanics yeah. are really boring it's incredibly boring what's well, like yeah. i like monopoly but everyone hates monopoly i like monopoly I hate monopoly <laughs> You want to see Sam get mad? <laughs> Let's sit down and play a, a rousing game of Monopoly. <laughs> uh, but no, I you know I don't I don't collect board games quite as much as you guys. But um, one of my favorites, actually, it's sitting here in the office, is uh, uh, Nightmare, which is an old obscure um, yeah I keep VHS game. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's an hour long board game um, where you have to collect keys. Then the keys give you different basically level ups. Yeah, during the thing and. Um, at random intervals, uh, the tape will cut in, and the host will like tell you to do stuff. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I have a copy of it too. Yeah, I, but I've never played it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's something we need to we need to sit down and, and play. And there are like three or four expansions to that. Um, Good night. Yeah. Back when VHS board games were a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think people have uploaded the entirety. The of whole thing's on there. YouTube. Yeah. But but the upgrades also have uh, cards because it's also uh, a very much card based mm. game. Yeah, it's cool. I know a board game or a tabletop simulator has nightmare in it too. Yeah, if I can get that thing to like work without me accidentally flipping the table. <laughs> I like tabletop simulator. It's not bad. I've I've played with it a lot, but I've never actually played a game. Yeah, it it seems fun to mess it. around on, but like to actually move pieces and play a game, it seems like really kind of janktastic. Yeah, I feel like you already ha- instead of like just downloading a digital version of the board game, it's like you have to already kind of know how to play. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like it would have been easier just to have like full on digital versions of some of these games. Yeah. Like I, I have noticed there have been like more and more digital versions of games. Like there's digital versions of like Ticket to Ride and um, Uno. Sushi Go. Is, is there a digital Sushi there's Go? There's a digital Sushi Go. I like Sushi Go. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Have you guys ever seen? This is a tangent. You said Uno. Have you ever seen the uh, the fake TV show intro to the video game, the digital video game Uno? No. no. During the break, I'm going to show you. Or I, I know we're kind of pressed for time, but I'm going to show you. <laughs> it's 
ridiculous. It's kind of great. <laughs> oh, Uno's man. a classic. You Uno is a classic. You can't beat a, a good, a rousing hand of Uno. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, pro tip, Uno pro tip, you save up all of your uh, draw fours and your change colors till the very end. Because you could just lay those suckers down, oh, boom, yeah. boom, boom, one after the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the Super Mario Brothers version of Uno. Mm. I don't want to get that. It's it's not bad. It's basically Uno with Mario faces on it, and then there's like one special card that keeps you from getting hit by like the skips or like the draw fours or whatever. Mm. Yeah, but but I have to buy everything that has a Mario brother on it. So do you have Mar? Do you have Mario Chess? No, it's too expensive. <laughs> not really. Also, the pieces don't make sense. Why is Luigi the queen? Why isn't Princess Peach the queen? <laughs> Why are the pawns the pawns coins and not toads? Yeah, that would make sense. Cause that <laughs> would make a little more sense. Why do? You, why don't you have like one side the Mario Brothers Kingdom and the other side be the? Actually, it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Eh, well, okay. There's a really slick looking um, Zelda chess set coming out. Oh, cool! It's like a hundred and it's like a it's like ninety dollars. But it looks so cool. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Um, That's the thing with the Mario chess set, too. It doesn't look as nice as it should. Just buy a bunch of Amiibos. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. It would probably, in the end, probably come out in kind of a wash, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you find the right deals. But yeah. the Amiibos look nicer than they the chess pieces. They do look much nicer. Too. Yeah. Heck, some of those little plastic Nintendo figures you can get would probably <laughs> look better than those chess pieces. Yeah. Those Jack-specific ones? Yeah. <laughs> those are great. So they have a Splatoon one, but it's the Inkling boy and not the girl. And it's like, who wants the boy? Yeah. I've seen two different squids. Yeah, they do the squids a lot. And there's plushies of the squids, too. Mm-hmm. Actually, I saw at Toy Fair, um, they're releasing Splatoon squirt guns. Oh, that's cool. I know in Japan they had them. They were kind of like pre-order bonuses for Splatoon. Cool. God, Toy Fair had a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. It's a shame that it's hard to talk about toys on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a visual medium, no. so we no. can't really discuss action figures. Um, I've been putting time into the uh, Yoshi and Poochie's Woolly World for the 3DS. Oh, yeah? Which I didn't think I was interested at all in. Oh, so you played the first one, didn't you? Because, yeah, I played the the, the original. Wii U version, and they're functionally identical. Mm. But for some reason, it's really pulling me in this time more than it did the other time around. Okay. I don't cool. know. It's, is it because it you have the puppies? They're, it, they're not. The only Poochie bit about it is there's an alternate mode where you do Poochie levels that are like auto runners. Oh, okay. They're actually pretty fun. Hmm. But other than that, it's pretty much the same game. But I don't, I don't know if it's just like what I need right now because it's relaxing <laughs> and not difficult. Yeah. Like that just might be what it is, but it's it's a really solid port. It looks better than I expected. Great. I mean, the textures really take a hit. Texture quality isn't as good, but uh, still sixty frames per second if you're playing on new 3ds. Cool. Which, which is good. Yeah. Because I can't. If I played a game previously that had a higher frame rate and then moved to a lower one, I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> that that Donkey Kong Returns. Um, oh, that was 3DS port. Yeah, it's rough. Like I'm, I'm sure it was fine if you hadn't played the, origi- like, say, the play original. I didn't play the original. I've been playing it on the 3DS. Yeah, yeah. If you played the Wii version beforehand, it's like it feels just gross to get hit with that 30 frames per second downgrade. But. uh I mean, it's good. It's a good game. Like if you haven't played the original or don't have a Wii U, which is the majority of the world, yeah, you know, check <laughs> check it out. It's pretty good. 
I got a controller so I could play uh, For Honor with a controller. I thought it'd be better. Yeah, is it? No. No. <laughs> I'm still getting my butt kicked a lot. Uh, it's terrible. Like, the blocking's all right, but, like, the other control schemes for it, like, your two attacks, your light and your heavy attack, are both on the sho- on the same shoulders, the bottom one and the top one. Huh. It feels weird. I don't like it. Well, then remap your, your I'm, controller. I'm, I'm seriously thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. What I need to figure out is how to get my 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 guard mode lock on to work and not sit there and hold the button. Because if you, the, you use the keyboard, you just hit shift and you just go. For some reason, with the controller, I can't make it stick. You gotta you gotta hold it, and mm. it's very uncomfortable. Huh. Partly part of the reason why I'm doing so bad. Mm. <laughs> oh, I I got tank troopers, which nobody remembers what tank troopers is. Nope. But uh, Nintendo revealed it. I don't remember when they announced it. But it's a, a tank combat game for a 3DS, which has like cute characters and stuff. But uh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Does it suck like uh, like uh, uh, the submarine game sucks? No, because that that sucks from a mechanical standpoint, where it just feels awful to play. Uh, tank Troopers feels fine, and it seems you know fun. But there's nothing there. There's like 30 missions that are just generic, like shoot some guys or pick all these things up. They're not connected by any sort of story or reason for you to do them. And uh, it very much seems like a game that should have multiplayer, like online multiplayer, the way it's set up. I mean, you get coins as you do missions that you can spend to unlock different tanks and different troopers, which act as special moves for your tank. But there's no online. Hmm. It's just local play only. Weird. Which sucks yeah. like it looks like it would be fun but like if you really want to actually play it you better make sure everybody in the room has a 3ds i guess yeah huh. i mean it has download play which is well, that's good better than nothing yeah but it really needs online play and it doesn't have it it's pretty lame yeah, yeah. and i'm not one to complain about online play not being there but this seems like it was designed for it and it doesn't have yeah, it that's that's very weird it's weird very weird all right, well, hey, uh, we got to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into some news. Nibbling on sponge cake Watching the sun bake All of those tourists covered with oil Drumming my six string on my front porch swing. Smell those shrimp, they're beginning to boil. Wasting away again in Margarita Searching for my lost sugar salt. But this brand new tattoo But it's a real beauty A Mexican cutie 
nothing Hell, it could be my fault Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville thought some island time would would be good for this week. <laughs> just just relax, you know. Wish it was summer. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> uh, let's let's get into the news. We're, we'll start with uh, some Star Wars. This is always a good place to start. Yeah. Benicio del Toro has been revealed to play a fat in the was it the next star, which Star Wars? The next one? Episode eight. Episode eight. Yeah, that is the next one. Yeah. He is supposedly supposed to play the son of Boba Fett or somebody claiming to be the son of Boba Fett. And they gave the name and I forget what it was. Uh, yeah, I know. The Benicio Del Fett. <laughs> Fett the Collector. It's always like some sort of relation to Boba Fett. Like more than any other character. It's like, oh, we got Django Fett, Boba Fett, and now we got another one. Well, it's, you know, he's a popular character. Like a yeah. huge fan, like like favorite. For a character who's, you know, only you only see him for like two seconds yeah. in Empire and then... He doesn't really do a whole lot. No. He says, he's no good to me dead. But he looks so cool, though. Oh, no. I don't he's trust so me. He's so cool looking. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> his backpack's got jets. He's got flamethrowers at his wrists. <laughs> Finance his vet. <laughs> Vikram Fett? Vikram Fett. Yeah. Victor Fett. <laughs> Pretty much. A ruthless bounty hunter with such a reputation. I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's just, they're throwing him in there to throw him in there. Yeah. I mean, he's such a fan favorite that it's going to feel like it's shoehorn. Oh, yeah. Regardless what they do. Yeah. Well, that's like in in The Force Awakens, they had a Mandalorian banner hanging above that that sea of banners of the castle, (laughs) you know? They could have just put Boba Fett in it. 
Well, they'd have to explain canonically that he's not dead. Oh, yeah, that's true. So this means he had a kid before he fell into the Sarlacc Okay, well, here's or... the thing. When you're Boba Fett and you're running around the galaxy doing, you know, six stunts and stuff with your jetpack <laughs> and you're kind of a kind of a celebrity for being a, you know, awesome a, bounty hunter, honest, <laughs> out, awesome bounty hunter, tough guy. I'm like, come on. You see him in the in, in Jabba's palace, you know, talking to the female aliens and like doing the little, you know, chin touch thing and walking away. So he's probably got a few, you know, fetlings running around. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just imagine like something like, you know, he's like, you know, getting beat up at school because he's saying he's the son of Boba Fett, you know, and they're like, yeah, whatever, you're a liar. Sure you are. (laughs) And I'm the son of Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You know, it's like that one guy in uh, um, in Venture Brothers that he's saying he was the son of Brock Samson. Yeah. (laughs) He becomes like Dean's like or uh, Hank's friend. Oh, I forget his name. Yeah, he's got a, He's always talking about how he's like really good at kung fu. But Dermot. He, Dermot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think we just wrote the next Star Wars standalone movie. <laughs> Dermot. Of, Dermot Fett getting beat up in son, school. Son of Fett. <laughs> man, I hope not. <laughs> like as much as I love Boba Fett, I I really don't want a standalone film either. I don't even want a Han Solo standalone film. No, I'm. We've talked about the Han yeah, Solo movie before. I know, I know. It's an iffy it's like prospect. A, th- things no one asked for. Yeah. Survey says. Han Solo film. <laughs> it's stuff that's better left a mystery and let you fill it in with your own imagination. Well, that was the thing I always, like we've also talked about how I loved about the, you know, the old Star Wars movies. There's this greater universe out there that they mention in like offhandly. Like, it's things that everybody should know, but that the audience does not know. That makes the universe feel more alive. Like, I feel explaining more ruins more. Yeah. Also, the fact that the, like, the secret title for the Han Solo movie, it was Red Cup. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a good, that's a good pun. I'm glad they did that. Solo Cup. (laughs) I'm just so worried it's going to be too goofy. I I don't know about goofy, but I really don't want it. If it, if it wasn't Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I mm. would be I would be totally absolutely against it, but they're so good that they'll probably find a way. Yeah, but at the same time, they're also very good at goof, and most yeah. of the stuff they've been putting out is goof. True. So we're going to get like this 21 high, Jump Street. Yeah, like this heist comedy in Star Wars. <laughs> the, the Lando comic makes a heist movie with Lando, but it's not like funny. Yeah, I don't I don't like the idea of comedy in as a focus in Star Wars. Star Wars is allowed to be funny. Oh yeah, they they there's they crack jokes in every single movie. Yeah, but if it's the focus of it, does it just turn into a robot chicken sketch? Like what? Or Jar Jar Binks? Yeah. Turns into an episode 1. But uh, in in further movie news, I guess Mel Gibson might be tapped to to direct Suicide Squad 2. Oh boy! Yeah, I mean, I guess he's a good director. Yeah, I mean, he did direct. He has directed movies I've liked, but he's also directed movies I've never seen. And he's also a horrible monster man. He's <laughs> a horrible anti-Semitic monster man. Yeah, I mean, I've heard Hacksaw Ridge is really good. Never saw a pop uh, apocalyptica. Yeah, I never saw that either. But no, it looked interesting. Yeah, I've heard it's good. All these movies I've heard. 
they were pretty good. I tell good. you, I remember there was a time that he was supposed to be making a gritty, historically accurate Viking movie. That huh. never happened. That would have been cool. Oh yeah, it came out. It was it was it, it was talked about after Apocalyptica came out, and they were going to use like you know native language thing, kind of like what they did with those movies, and I don't know. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the South Park guys, had a good bit about the way he uses the different languages in his action movies. Oh yeah, it's because you can say dumb cliche stuff that you say in in action movies without it sounding dumb when it's in another language and in <laughs> in uh, subtitles, and it it makes sense and it works, and that's why he does that. I think maybe I don't know. <laughs> I just Mel Gibson like. I used to love Mel Gibson movies. I mean, I love the Mad Max movies. The first Lethal Weapon. I mean, the other yeah. ones, the other ones are all kind of eh. But that I've, first I've one, only watched the first one, but it oh, was yeah. really good. Yeah, they get really, I don't know, they get really get tired after a while. Well, yeah, there, there's like four of them. <laughs> yeah, and the fourth one has Chris Rock in it. <laughs> um, I mean, it could be a good movie, Suicide Squad 2, but the pro- the director isn't the problem. No. <laughs> The problem is the studio. Yeah, the problem is Warner Brothers. So it doesn't matter who they get to direct this movie if they're still going to act that w- the same way they have been, if they're still going to get their noses all up in it like how they ruined the first movie. That's my thing. It's like it's after after three movies of this universe, how are they not listening to the fans yet? At least Fox got it through their heads. Yeah. When they, made, when they let... Ryan Reynolds and his crew just run 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 away with Deadpool the way whatever they wanted to do, and you know what? It turned into like one of the greatest comic book movies ever, the highest grossing R rated film of all time. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's it's great. Suicide it, Squad should have been an easy hit. Should have been easy out of the park. Oh yeah, it's I mean great, it was full of a, characters that comic book fans eat up. Yeah, the Joker, Harley Quinn, uh, other various Batman villains. <laughs> That no one really knows about outside of people like us. I mean, it's it's a good concept for a movie. It should have been good. It wasn't. And even from a big studio like Warner Brothers, like special effects wise, it didn't look that great either. Huh. Like especially like with the fire, not El Diablo, but um, the brother of the Enchantress would just look terrible. Look, <laughs> he looked, seriously, he looked like uh, um, if Omek from the Legends of the Hidden Temple and um. Max Hedrome had like a baby. Oh God! It just looked dumb. That sounds like a nightmare. It does. It did. It was like Lawnmower Man, the Aztec. It was stupid. <laughs> okay, we, so oh, we got we got more movie news. Oh yet. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or wait, we talked Star Wars just a little bit ago. So uh, you ever wonder what happened to Jar Jar Binks, everyone's favorite Star Wars guy? <laughs> I've never cared. He could have <laughs> stayed forgotten. Well, he's Misa he's a... buried in the yard. <laughs> He's apparently become a street performer in canon. That's what he yes, does. Yes, according to a new novel, it's it's part of the af- the aftermath trilogy or whatever. They talk about how he basically left. He was exiled. I don't want to say he was exiled, but he f- kind of was forced out of his community by like the Naboo and the Gungans and like, oh, well, you helped the Empire, so or you helped the, the Emperor become the Emperor. Bye. <laughs> And he's basically a street performer because I'm Me, assuming he's homeless. Yeah, Misa made some big mistakes for the Uh Oh Empire. Yep, that is an actual line from his the excerpt about him in the book. Oh. It was just like a good reminder of just he is that terrible. 
Yeah. You're, <laughs> I always thought it was really funny. Like as the, the second trilogy went on, he talked less in each film to the point in episode three, he says zero words. <laughs> He's just such pandery to kids and to the point where kids don't even like him. Like, I don't, I don't know if George Lucas just thinks kids are that dumb. And he's like, here's a goof guy. Kids, have fun. Because, I mean, that's why he's there. He's for the kids, right? I'm assuming. But he's so mishandled that it just comes out as this weird, terrible thing. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, when you look, if you go back and like look at the character, you almost had like this. I, I'm trying not to put a pos- positive spin on Jar Jar because I hate the character so much. <laughs> but at the same time, he has like this drunken monk-esque winning streak. Yeah. Especially in that la- like that last battle in the first movie. Which could be interesting if handled correctly. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't. <laughs> could, he could have been some kind of like, you know, uh, unknowable uh, force user. But no, um, he's just dumb. And the less spoken about him, the better. As yep, we I, move I'm, on done. To, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done on that big mistake. Um, big, big time. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna move on to uh, more movie news. The Lion King, John Favreau's Lion King live action movie. Um, okay, I'm just gonna stop you right there for a second. Can we really call it a live action movie? It's <laughs> a good point. Honestly. I mean, at least with the the other Disney live action interpretations of their classic films, there is a there's at least at least one human actor <laughs> involved. Yeah, yes. this doesn't even have that. Yeah, I'm like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna have like scenes of animals at some point, and then you're gonna have CG versions of them later. Oh yeah, they're just gonna film a whole bunch of animals. Are they gonna shoot this in a zoo? Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> they cast uh, Donald Glover as Simba and. James Earl Jones as Scar like he was before. <laughs> James Earl Jones was not Scar. It wasn't Scar. Who was he before? James Earl Jones was Mufasa. Oh, Simba's duh. dad. Duh. What is wrong with I you? I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. What is... I don't care. Wow, bro. Why did I think he was Scar? It doesn't even sound like that. No. I, I can hear it in my head and that's not his voice. What in the heck? I don't even know who you are anymore. God. Can we cut the <laughs> No, it's it's there. Your your fail is on the, is is in the history books. That is monumental. That's like invading Russia and winter bad. I son, I am disappointed. Well anyway, he's <laughs> Mufasa yes. again. James Earl Jones is reprising his role as as everyone's favorite lion dad. Who died? King Mu Oh. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't die in the remake. I don't know. He better. Maybe he just gets hurt real bad. I <laughs> That's dumb. The whole point of Simba coming back years later and defeating his evil uncle makes no point. <laughs> if you're going to have like the biggest, baddest, toughest lion in the pride survive. Oh, I'm sure they won't. I'm and, sure he's going to die. Oh, no. He <laughs> better. And it better make me cry as much as the original did. Because <laughs> to this day, I cannot handle Mufasa dying. I, I spoiled it for myself when I was a kid. I read the novel, the junior novelization oh. <laughs> of The Lion King before I saw the movie. Really? So I knew what was going to happen, and it didn't affect me as much. Well, I can't really say it's a spoiler. I mean, I'm pretty sure in the trailers it's alluded. Oh, well, I didn't watch trailers. like Back when I was, I was like, a kid? Not really. Yeah. It was more of a, hey, Disney movie, <laughs> done. I was like eight. I don't know. Granted, I'm kind of like that now anyway. Pixar, okay. Disney, okay. I'll do it. Leica, okay. Yeah. I, I know what puts out good product. Oh, something else I was thinking about this the other day. I was like thinking about like what is my favorite Disney movie ever? And I have like a few contenders. Like I love Atlantis. 
It's very, I've never I, seen it. Really? It's on Netflix. I probably should watch it. Yeah, it's very underrated. The art style is a lot different than any other Disney film at the time, especially at the time. You have characters who really come through that you didn't expect to. I mean, it's really good. The second one's garbage. Don't watch that one. <laughs> In Disney sequel tradition. Mm-hmm. I think the only Disney sequel that I really enjoyed was The Return of Jafar. And even then, it's not great. Jafar uh, needs glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Janir. He's Janir sighted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but there's that one. The Great Mouse Detective, another very underrated Disney film. Also kind of dark. It's from Disney's dark period. Uh-huh. That one and uh, Dark Crystal, or not Dark Crystal, um, Black Cauldron. Yeah. Black Cauldron's so good. I didn't see it. And I know it came out a long time ago, but I didn't see it until I was an adult. And I was like, oh, how did I ever miss this? <laughs> Plus, it's like a Disney film that doesn't have singing in it. Yeah. At all. I haven't seen it in a long time. I know I've seen it before, but I haven't seen it. In- the Horned King is terrifying. He's a skull monster with horns. Skull monster man. He, he is. But anyway, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? I think Zootopia is probably my favorite Disney film. And it's not just because they're talking animals. You know, I'm not going like the furry route on that one. <laughs> it's the message and the themes in the film it's a really great movie oh yeah it's i think it's in the modern landscape of things it's very important i hope it it wins the uh, well i hope kubo wins best animated you know it won't but it won't so i hope it's zootopia it'll probably be moana moana was good but i think zootopia was better i haven't seen moana so i can't really say i know it comes out on blu-ray march 7th it comes out on digital tuesday this tu- this coming Tuesday. Man, it feels like I just saw it. I, I guess I saw it pretty late. Yeah, I I kept meaning to, and I never did. Heck, I never even saw a uh, Fantastic Beast. Oh, it's so good. I feel like a I've, terrible, I've talked about it on here before. I, I loved it though. I'm a terrible Disney fan. Uh, I'm, I'm not a I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan in the world. I mean, I like Harry Potter, but I'm not like a huge Harry Potter fan or anything. But I loved Fantastic Beast. I can't even get through the stupid. I can't even get through the the Cursed Child book. Like, I've been halfway through that book forever, for months. It's that bad? I hate it. I hate it. I don't think you're the only one that feels that way. I've no, a lot of, a people, lot of not... people that I've talked to that have read it, or at least read part of it, they don't care for but it. It's just bad fan fiction, which, I mean, it kind of is. It is. J.K. Rowling working on part of it. Though I think she put out a novelization of Fantastic Beasts, and I really want to get that. I thought it was just the script. Maybe it was. I don't yeah, know. I think it's just, the, they just. That's another thing about reading like the Cursed Child. It doesn't read like a book. Yeah, because it's, it's a screenplay, play. and it's it, it it puts in your head that you already know what these things look like, and that's just what they do. I'd rather like wait till there's a touring production of it and see that than actually read it. I mean, it's that's not how it's intended to be it, uh, consumed. Consumed. Yeah, <laughs> it's meant to be seen as a play, not read as a play. I don't know. Just it's bad, and I hate Albus Severus Dumbledore Potter or Alva Albus Severus Potter, whatever his name it just, is. It just seems like it doesn't need to exist. No, and it's it's just bad. Kind of like the kind of like the Han Solo movie. Yeah, we didn't need to know. We this. didn't ask for it. Yeah, that was, was like one thing that always made me really mad with Doctor Who. I when you first meet River Song in the David Tennant era at the library and she has all this stuff and she's so mysterious and cool and crazy and knows all these things about the doctor and the doctor literally knows nothing about her. That's all I needed. That's the way I loved it. And then here, here comes, and I understand Moffat wrote that episode so he could use River Song when he wanted because that was his character. He made her up. But 
completely explaining her entire backstory from beginning to end in a weird kind of order, because, you know, it's Doctor Who and time travel. I feel like it ruins the character some. Mystery is good. I like mystery. I understand, you know, people chomp at the bit and want to know things. Like, like right now, who's raised parents? Well, that will be answered. The the mystery behind that will be more fun. You'll have more fun with that than you would ever have just knowing. Exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, I feel like, sometimes I feel like writers or studios or whatever really pander too much. I, I feel like writers and studios hear the swell on of voices of fans, which they listen to fans. That's awesome. That's great. You should listen to your fans. But a lot of times I feel like Sometimes the loudest voices aren't the ones you should listen to. Because I, f- here's the thing, and I, I've, I know I've said this before, and I've said this to a lot of people, and sometimes people make fun of me for this. For me, movies and television, to a point, are and they are forms of art. Oh yeah, they are, absolutely. They are created. They are molded. And I feel the most talented artists are the ones that don't insult your intelligence. Yeah. You know the way George Lucas used to be. Steven Spielberg back in the 80s, or maybe even the early 90s. I feel like that's the thing I love about organic worlds, is this person telling you the story. Is this going to tell you the story without a lot of narration and a lot of backstepping on, oh, they have to explain this thing, or I have to explain this thing. Just tell me about it. Let my imagination run wild on this thing, and it makes it feel like a living world. You know, yeah. make it feel like a real place. Too many things get just spelled out in yeah. movies and stuff now. And it's, it's, I think it's this problem, the studios again, meddling and going, well, the audience isn't going to get that, the, like not having any respect for their audience and the fact that, and just thinking they're dumb, thinking that the dumb public isn't going to get it. It's like they do. That's why we love all this old stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Half the time, I would rather watch an older movie than newer movies because i feel like a lot of newer movies have no substance yeah now there are some movies that i don't want to have substance that i just want to watch for pure unadulterated enjoyment like uh, like pacific rim yes (laughs) that is my favorite that is my favorite junk food of movies (laughs) because it is you get exactly what you wanted it's fatty and there's no substance (laughs) it is big robots punching big monsters which i Oh, I'm so excited the second one is finally getting made. After all this talk of, well, it might not happen. And it's got Finn. Yes, John Boyega. <laughs> yeah, he's a great actor. He's a cool guy. Have I... you ever seen Attack the Block? No, no. Oh, it's so good. I've heard it's good. Yeah, check out that movie. <laughs> Everyone listening, Attack the Block. It's got, <laughs> it's John Boyega before he was in, before he was a Star Wars. <laughs> it's an excellent movie. What's well, like uh, 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 Oscar Isaac did some really interesting projects before doing Star Wars or <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse. It was in uh, Ex Machina, which I hear is very good. I've I, heard it's very good. I have not seen it, but I would like to. Yeah, I think he's also in that um, Inside Lewin Davis along with uh, 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 um, Adam Driver. Huh. The Kylo yeah, Ren. Kylo. Yeah, I think it's about like uh, indie art, indie, indie musicians or something like that. Anyway, uh, we are... I'm rambling. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get off uh, movies yeah. and talk about uh, the, the good old video games. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, the next upcoming Zelda on the Switch and the Wii U, 
It has a season pass of DLC. Boo. Which it includes two parts, which you cannot buy separately. You have to buy them in the bundle. Uh, the first part just has a hard mode and like a cave of trials like challenge thing, which like Twilight Princess had, which that and a t-shirt, a switch shirt for Link to wear, which is dumb. That is super dumb. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even sure how I'm sold on the blue tunic. <laughs> That we keep seeing. And then the second set in the season pass is actually like a new dungeon and new story stuff, which, yes, that is cool. But the first half, it seems like junk they just jammed in there so they could charge more for it. It's it's stuff that would normally be in a Zelda game that you wouldn't have to pay extra for. Yeah. There's usually a hero mode or a hard mode after you finish the game. A lot of Zelda games do that. Mm-hmm. And like I said... Twilight Princess had a cave of trials, and you didn't have to pay twenty bucks for that. That's the thing is like DLC is a slippery slope. And it it's is. Hard to, it's hard to do it just and, right. And more and more and more studios or or developers don't do it right. Or the or the maybe not necessarily the 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 the, the developer, but the publisher. You know, looking at UEA, <laughs> Ubisoft, you know, the yeah. big AAA ones. Yeah, when they use it as an excuse to release a half-finished game and then add DLC to fill out the rest of the game, that's yeah. awful. Like uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Battle... Battlefront. Front was, was bad, bad about it. That was really bad, and that was a lot of EA. Don't get me wrong, I like the game. It's not as great as I wanted it to be, because I pretty much wanted, you know, Battlefield 4 with Star Wars, and I didn't quite get that. <laughs> but... Like if you're gonna do that and release kind of a skimpy game and then add more with downloadable content, don't charge for it. That was the that was the big thing that was like the the me getting for honor was I loved the gameplay and everything, but I wasn't sure if it was worth the sixty dollars. Yeah, I mean I really liked the game and yeah I did buy I did spend the money, but I I weighed it heavily because I I've, I've been burned and burned and burned and I'm tired of getting burned. <laughs> Well, like Overwatch, when it released, it was kind of skimpy. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff there. No. But they've added stuff over time and didn't feel yeah, like they needed Yeah, it's a free to... DLC every time. Yeah, they didn't feel like they needed a nickel and dimus for Sombra and Ana. And eventually any other character or mode. I don't... But Nintendo's track record with DLC is actually pretty good. Most yeah. of their DLC is pretty worth, pretty much worth the value. The DLC for Mario Kart was fantastic. Mario Kart Eight, because mm-hmm. it, it was a it was a great value. It was like I don't know twenty bucks, I think, and you get like two whole new cups and like oh yeah, four, three or four characters. That's but that was the thing though. This is the new Nintendo though. Yeah, and that's what makes me extremely worried. Yeah, I love Nintendo. I know Nintendo is going to do their own thing. They always have. They don't really try to compete with the other ones. They they know there's no point. I am very skeptical about this season pass. Yes. I guess is the word. Cautious. Yeah. Will I get it? Probably, but not. Oh, I know I will. Not until I finish the actual main content. Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't end up buying a lot of DLC because I don't end up finishing a lot of the main game. And there's no point in buying content that I'm, yeah, yeah, (laughs) that I'm never going to get to. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Speaking of updates, updated content, Pokemon Go uh, had a big one. Finally. 80 new second gen Pokemon in there. It only took them forever. Yeah. They they really dropped the ball on Pokemon Go in general. Yeah. Like they they should have been updating it more frequently and 
You still, I mean, you still can't trade. You can't nope, trade. Still you can't, can't trade. Battle. Still can't battle outside of gyms. But I mean, aside from complaining about the usual stuff, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's cool to see new Pokemon around. I've picked it up and played it a little bit. I haven't. I know a bunch of people that have, though. I don't know. It's 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 breathing life into the game again, but for how long? Yeah, not. I mean, not enough to keep it sustainable. I mean, you know, they're not going to have another update for another six months. At least. And even then, the next update might break the game like the one did. Yeah. They, it needs to be a more common occurrence. Yeah, well... They should be doing events constantly. This is how you maintain a game and maintain people's interest. I keep thinking about back to that month when it was the biggest thing in the world and how great that was. <laughs> you mean like those two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun to just see people out and around playing Pokemon, enjoying Pokemon together. It was really cool. It really was. But it did not last long. No. And like... That that is not a, like I can't think of anything comparable to that ever happening. No, it's it was such a weird Twilight Zone event. Oh yeah, the fact that big news article, big news stations were covering it yeah, and everything. And just all types of people were playing it. Like it just wasn't like your average nerd out on the street playing it. It just every literally everyone. Mm-hmm. And that will probably never happen again. <laughs> probably never. <laughs> but I think that is time. You've been listening to Nerd Overload. You can check us out each and every week over at nerdoverload.com. You can also find us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash nerdoverloadradio. You can send us some emails at staff at nerdoverload.com. Questions, comments, concerns, ideas, whatever. You can also tweet us the same kind of stuff at nerd underscore overload and subscribe to our YouTube channel nerd overload tv like comment and subscribe yes and also you can find us on uh itunes and stitcher or you can this show and any of our past shows and any other content we do speaking of liking commenting and subscribing if you could give us a review on itunes that would help a lot yeah that'll help our visibility and maybe get more people into the show but thank you and uh see you next week peace out <laughs>